0: spider
2: sense tells me I'm in for some trouble. My spider sense is picking up trouble. Something is turning my spider sense on. My spider sense. My spider sense is tingling. Anybody else's spider sense
0: tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Derek, and I'm Doug. And is your spider sense tingling? It is, and I would love to tell you about it. Quitting time. To listen to this show, find us on foureyedradio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. And before we get into it today, just real quick, we did have some word snappers words in last week's episode. Uh, Those words were submitted by our patron, Katie, and the words were greased lightning
1: <laughs> which you snuck in there uh very deftly i would i would say i didn't notice it was happening while it was happening so i'd call it a success yep.
0: and spoiler <laughs> alert you're gonna hear katie on an episode coming up uh, oh next my week, gosh you will hear
1: them and it is yeah. gonna be great yeah <laughs>
0: If you would like to submit Word Snapper's words, it's a game we play with our patrons on Patreon. Uh, and any level, you can just submit any words or phrases, five words or less, can be weird or nonsensical, um, and we'll have to work them into an episode we record that month, so join us on Patreon if you want to do that. But in the meantime, we are still watching the Spider-Man 67 show. We probably will be for a little while, but as such, we've got a guest with us today got a very special guest a longtime supporter of this show since like the very beginning i think yeah, yeah. and a, a friend of mine for for a long time uh my friend Marily, how's it going hey derek
2: hey doug hi everyone hi. it's so weird to like be able to talk back now i'm not like a weird ghost haunting the podcast <laughs>
1: I welcome Weird Ghosts Haunting our podcast, but I also welcome friends being on the show, so welcome. Hi,
2: Uh, my name's Marilee, I use she, they pronouns, and I really cannot tell you how delighted and baffled I am to be here today.
0: Well, I definitely wanted to have you on because you're a delightful person, uh, and I know that you love Spider-Man, and I think you'll have some cool things to say. So Thank you. Uh, no pressure, though, you know. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, no, now there's
2: pressure. Now there's
0: pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Better deliver just the most amazing insights we've ever heard in the world here, clearly. I'll do my <laughs> really. best, but no promises. For this, show, for this show with metal-eating robots and ghosts. <laughs> so... <laughs> I know you've got a background with Spider-Man, mm-hmm. but I'm curious, like, what is your history with Spider-Man? Do you have a history with the Spider-Man 67 show or are watching? Tell us all about
2: it. Uh, so with this particular show, I've actually never seen it before, but friend, I am going to watch more of it because I don't think <laughs> I've ever been more delighted in my entire life. Um, I loved it. Uh It was absolutely delightful from beginning to end, and I can't wait to watch more. But yeah, I actually, I've loved Spider-Man my entire life, which is, it sounds like hyperbole, but I promise you it is not. Uh, because when I was a little kid, when I was growing up, Spider Man was actually something that my dad and I had in common. He was he was like one of the original Marvel zombies. He really he <laughs> I'm not kidding. To this day, whenever DC comes up, he always just says MMM, make mine Marvel." <laughs> <laughs> like he had a button that said that in everything.
1: Oh wow. Yeah, he <laughs> loved
2: comic books. He like he he was into comic books even like when he was at college. He always loved comics. And I was the only one of uh, I'm I'm one of four siblings and I was the only one who was ever really into comics like My brother loves sports. My dad loves sports. It's a match made in heaven. Um, None of my siblings were into really comics. And and so I loved the 90s Spider-Man show. It was my favorite thing to watch every Saturday morning. And so he would watch it with me sometimes. Um, He would be outside smoking a cigar. I would watch Spider-Man and we would talk about Mm -hmm. it together. And like... On my 13th birthday, he gave me the first issue of Ultimate Spider Man when it first came out. And that was like Uh the first time I ever really read comics. It was my entryway into comics. I used to be like really, really into the Marvel movies. Like comic books shaped my life for a really long time. And Spider Man was my doorway into that. And he will always, like Peter Parker and Miles Morales, will have huge places in my heart because of that. I really can't say how important they are to me.
0: That's That's awesome. Beautiful. I love that. Yeah, it's so funny, too, because Ultimate Spider-Man was kind of my entryway into comics, too. Like, I feel like I was aware of comic book things, like the cartoons and stuff, and I was aware that they existed, but I didn't actually really read comics, like, consistently until I started reading Ultimate Spider-Man. So, like, it's so – I wonder if that's common for, like, people our age – because that was such a great entry point for, like, a character we were familiar with coming out at a time when we were, like, old enough to actually start, like, really being invested in comics.
2: I think so. I know, like, you and I actually, this is one of the first conversations we ever had. I remember it. When we first started to bond, it was actually about because we both liked Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's, it's great. Good <laughs> i I'm, Okay, so, like, I'm much older now, and so I have some problems with how the, I mean, Ultimate Universe in general, like, we're not going to talk yeah. about that, but Spider-Man specifically, <laughs> I think that maybe wasn't necessarily as great as I remember it being, but <laughs> sure, it's, yeah. I just love the Ultimate ver- Universe so much. It really, like, yeah. Ultimate Spider-Man means a lot.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think it makes sense. Like, we would have been the perfect age for that universe to, like, hook us as a new audience, and it was sort of sold as, like, a clean new universe to to sort of jump into no stress so Mm -hmm. i think it makes perfect sense
0: did its job and then kind of went a little bit downhill after a while Like we're
1: not talking (laughs) about comics here this is a cartoon (laughs) (laughs) yeah we're we're at the point in spider-man's history where uh none of this was even a twinkle in anybody's eye (laughs)
2: no but don't worry they will tell you about teletype machines in this one so
0: yeah <laughs>
2: yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah.
0: Spider Man himself was still new at this point. Mm-hmm. So,
2: you know, like that yeah. No no
0: reboots needed here. This is the this is the first. We're gonna go let's go ahead and talk about these episodes because there's gonna be some definitely some weird stuff to talk about with these. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm and I'm very curious to hear all of our thoughts. If you'd like to watch along with us, this is not available in streaming anywhere, unfortunately, and the DVDs are quite expensive because they're out of print, but you can certainly find it somewhere on the internet. Illegally, and I encourage you to because it's fun to watch. So Uh, (laughs) if they wanted to make money off of it, they should release it legally. Uh because it deserves to be released legally.
2: It really does.
0: This first segment we are watching of Spider-Man 67 is episode six of season one. It is called Diet of Destruction. The synopsis per me is Spidey fights a metal-eating monster from uh somewhere, I don't (laughs) know where it came from. We'll talk about that. The original air date was October 14th, 1967. Just a couple of fun facts about this episode from the Spider-Man on TV book, which is one that I referenced a lot in the hundredth episode, and we'll continue to reference probably throughout our coverage of the first season at least of this show. They they do show like a snippet of the original script in that book. Two prior titles for this episode were the Metal Monster, self explanatory, and one that I love called Rust in Peace. Oh, like they should have gone
2: with that one. I agree. <laughs> I don't
0: like that Diet of Destruction is not like metally or roboty at all. I I mean,
1: I do like this title that we got. I just also like Rust in Peace. (laughs) Yeah,
0: sure, sure. (laughs) It's kind of funny because we've had conversations about it before. Like, the fact that Betty, Betty Brandt is, like, the only female character in this show, at least for this, like, first season pretty much. And it is sort of interesting that, like, Mary Jane was present in the comics, not present here famous for her red hair. Betty Brant, who's not a redhead, is a redhead in this cartoon. Um, one e- explanation that I never thought about that, like, the book kind of posits mm-hmm. is that there is a scan of some storyboards from this episode specifically where in, like, one of the panels, the artist actually, like, or the artist's note uh, refers to Betty as Pepper, as in Pepper hmm. pots.
2: Oh. And there was...
0: And there was an Iron Man show right before this, Mm -hmm. like one of the Marvel – those like Marvel motion comic type shows that was happening was an Iron Man show. So I'm wondering if maybe when they were making this show, they were just like, oh, Betty, like Pepper Potts, the redhead, that's the woman in Iron Man, right? It's basically Pepper and Spider-Man. I don't know why they would think that other – I mean – I don't know. Like but I think it's an interesting connection. Uh sure. that they'd sort of make that mis- make that mistake. I feel like that's kind of telling. Yeah,
1: I I could see there being some at, at the very least crossed wires if it wasn't, you know, a thing that was intentional. Yeah. Cuz like you said, she's just the woman in the show. Uh-huh. They all do the same thing, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. It's totally fine.
1: It's totally everything's okay. Yep. Nothing wrong here, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the character highlighted in this episode is the Metal-Eating Monster, who isn't credited as being voiced by anyone, because it's a relatively quiet friend, mm-hmm. uh, aside from just noises of destruction uh, <laughs> and and fire.
2: <laughs> he was just a hungry boy. Yeah,
1: no, just, just hungry. He was. Was hungry. <laughs> so, all right, this episode featuring a Metal-Eating Monster um, and honestly, only our core cast for the most mm-hmm. part. Yeah. Uh, here's here's how it goes. Uh, the segment opens with Spider-Man noticing on his nightly swing around the city that the lights in Central Park are out. When he investigates, he finds and subsequently battles a giant furnace monster that, after eating a bunch of metal items in the park, ultimately escapes after setting a number of trees on fire, <laughs> <Whoopsie>. <laughs> causing a forest fire in the middle of Central Park. No big deal. Whoopsie. Later, at the Bugle, Jameson predictably doesn't believe Peter's photo evidence of the monster until he receives phone call after phone call from the city about the damage it's been causing. As the monster, now bigger than before, attacks a power plant, Peter finishes concocting a new web formula to confront it. Spidey finds the monster eating a pile of cars (laughs) and tries out his new webbing, but it's a total flop. He then tries to combat the monster using a magnet crane, which also flops. After the monster tries and fails to devour Spider-Man, it runs off, adorably, and Peter returns to the bugle and then to his bedroom to regroup. Inspiration strikes later that night when Peter plays with a blowtorch and he seemingly upgrades his web shooters once again. Put a pin in that. He meets... <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. he meets back up with the monster, now huge, at the harbor and they clash a final time and Spider-Man ultimately comes out on top by lassoing the monster and tugboating it into the water, which I actually thought was kind of cool. Yeah. The segment ends with Jameson brainstorming headlines about the events and Betty offering up. And hopefully one of you can complete the sentence for me because for the life of me. I did. I already oh, okay, did. I cool. wrote it in. Yeah. Um, It's it's uh it's it goes by very quick. Betty offers the headline Spidey Sights Monster Sinks Same. And I don't get it. So can I we start there? <laughs>
0: <laughs> what is she saying? I don't know. I mean, that's what the the subtitle So I know that that's correct, or it's it's the sub, at least according to the subtitle. Mm -hmm. Doesn't really help. I don't (laughs) know. Spidey sights
1: monster, sinks same. Is it Spidey sights a monster and sinks the same monster? Yeah, that's it.
2: Yeah, I guess. That's 100%. It is. Sinks same. That's uh, old timey headlines. That's exactly what it means. He sighted that monster and then he sunk that same monster. Okay.
0: Mm hmm. That sounds right. So we've broken down what the headline means. (laughs) Okay. Now, in the context of the scene, Betty suggests it, and then Jameson has like a shocked look on his face or an annoyed look on his face or whatever about it, like exasperated, I guess. Mm -hmm. Why? That's my question, then. Because I think that's what's so (laughs) baffling about it, is that it seems like it's like a normal headline, maybe not like the best headline, but for an old-timey headline, it works, I guess. I but why is Jameson upset by that? I don't get it.
1: <laughs> I think he's just upset because it's accurate, mm-hmm. which means Spider Man's a hero. Oh. Yeah,
2: like I think he heard that and was like, "Damn it, that's the best headline I'm going to get. Have to use that one." <laughs> okay, can't okay. twist that. <laughs> okay,
1: okay. All right. Well, we've broken now. down that baffling final line of the episode. Let's dive into whatever we want about this metal-eating monster. <laughs>
2: he was just a hunky boy. He was just hungry. He's so cute. He's a cute, yeah. cute,
1: like, monster, metal monster thing that they never once call a robot or a robot. No. I. No. I, no.
2: This watching this episode, it was so delightful because I just kept thinking, are they going to address where this monster came from at any point? And they never do. It was so funny.
0: <laughs> yeah. This episode is is cute. I think is the best word for it in so many mm-hmm. ways because it's just like, oh, it's just a cartoon and it doesn't make sense. And it's not that it's I explained and then it's
2: over and it's cute. Okay. Like it's a <laughs> fun ride came, I mean, from start to finish. Yeah. It's just fun.
1: Yeah. It's it's basically like the story of like we're in space and something is causing damage to our ship. Let's investigate. Oh wait, it's just an alien that thinks we're food. Oh man, mm-hmm. wait, that's pretty much all this is. Like this robot isn't like malicious. It's just hungry. It's just
2: hungry. <laughs> <laughs> it
1: just wants food, and its food is metal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> though I, yeah, it just- <laughs> I wonder about how intelligent the monster was, uh, because. At several points, you see him like taking metal. Like, there's a scene hysterical where they there are like these cars flying towards him, and he's like standing yes. next to some lampposts that would be a delicious little snack, <laughs> but he's <laughs> too focused on all of those cars.
1: The cars are a steak, and those lampposts are slim jims.
0: Mm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he wants the steak. Fair. This robot needs steak. Yeah. Or yeah. she. I don't know. We don't know anything about this robot. Nothing
0: no. it Doesn't speak. <laughs> Not one thing. We don't even know if it's a robot. It could be an alien that just looks like meta- has like metallic yeah. skin and looks robotic. We don't That's know. Sure, yeah, we don't. Yeah, it is funny. I think the intelligence of the robot and like the range of emotions the robot has is what's so what I think is so fascinating because like I don't think this episode is, is particularly I think this was one of the weaker episodes in terms of animation mm-hmm. of the show, except with the 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 great emotions and faces they put on this on the monster's like very simple face. That monster goes through such a range of emotion and it's all communicated through body language mm-hmm. and the body language is always so perfect and on point. Like it is a very emotional monster robot thing so um, cute it is it's cute also raises even more questions about what it is <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you <know>. yeah
1: yeah <laughs> on the topic of animation one thing it i would i would say yeah it's definitely not like the greatest animation wise i also don't think it's ever really like bad either mm-hmm. i think it's sort of like fine but one thing i noticed for some reason in this episode that hasn't really stuck out to me quite as much as it did in this one f- for whatever reason there's a lot of like eye movement and hand gesturing that for some reason stood out to me in the Daily Bugle scenes. Mm-hmm. And I don't mm-hmm. know what it was about this, if there was more of it or if it was just more conspicuous or what. But there there was very little like just idle frame or idle sequences where just a mouth was moving. Mm-hmm. There's lots of eyes, mm-hmm. lots of hands, stuff like that.
0: Yeah, that is a good point. There's a lot of, like, like there's a lot of, like, bodies are kind of stiff, but then, like, their limbs and faces and mouths are always constantly moving, which mm-hmm. kind of ends up making up for it, I guess, in the end.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a much more modern thing to expect, right? Is like, the just sort of, uh, I guess, like, ambient movement.
0: Mm-hmm. On the flip side, there's also a point for a long time where Betty is just talking and you just see her teeth in her mouth the whole time. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't notice that.
1: It's fashion, Derek. <laughs>
0: Sure. <laughs> I also feel like th- this is going to sound like like a harsh criticism, and it's not because mm-hmm. I think this episode's like fun in a kind of like kind of stupid, silly, cute way. Mm-hmm. It sort of feels like this whole episode was just improvised, not written, yeah, because 100%. like stuff just kind of <laughs> happens and then keeps happening. It never really leads up to anything. Some things that seem like they're setting up something else don't pay off anywhere. Nothing's explained. Stuff just kind of happens and then it ends. <laughs> yeah,
1: highlighted I think by the fact that Peter is is struck with inspiration does something to his web shooters i don't know what it was oh
2: i'll tell you exactly Merrily, what it was you... it was it's incredible okay. he takes some weird science fluid that's green uh you know that science fluid that fixes everything he takes a single uh-huh. drop and puts it on the outside of his costume in no way uh-huh. affecting the actual web shooters and then thinks that he's going to be perfectly oh. fine but, like, oh,
1: there's, he does right. two things, right? He does that, <laughs> and that's supposed to make his web fluid stronger somehow. But then what's the blowtorch for? Oh, he realizes that
2: um, it's, it's fueled by fire. So if he gets it in the water, in the river, and it extinguishes the fire inside, the robot will be dead.
0: <laughs> oh, my
1: God. So they just insert a random, like, moment of him tinkering with his web shooter after that because time, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> this
0: is why you're here, though, because that I did not even make the flame torch uh, water connection at all. Because like, they don't, they don't make the
1: connection in the episode, really. Like they, they, they interrupt that line of
0: thought with him messing with his web shooter. Mm-hmm. Why? It's, <laughs> it's meant to be cerebral and clever. You're meant to th- think about it very deeply as sure. you're watching
2: it. Why. At the very least, mm-hmm. we know that he actually did something to his web shooters that time because it wasn't. The outside of his costume. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> to be fair, there's a little teeny tiny hole where the webbing comes out, so maybe the liquid, a little tiny bit of it dripped inside of the hole.
2: Sure. So to
0: the tip of his the web.
2: very first bit of web that he uses after I think is the test. That's the strongest bit, and then everything after that is like normal.
1: No. Yeah. Yeah. You know what the it is. I out. just figured it out. I just realized what was going on here. He was trying to strengthen his web, right? And apparently there was too much friction happening ah. as his web shoots out of his web shooter. So he was just lubing <laughs> up his web oh shooter God. to create less friction, which in theory would create less fraying and create stronger webbing. Guys, I have figured it all out.
0: You know, and that makes so much sense now because when, when I use lube, it's green and viscous and I just pour it back and forth between um, between beakers to, you know, to yeah. mix it up uh, before I use it. So it makes sense. Look,
1: Peter Parker believes in organic lube. Okay? Okay.
0: Makes it
2: himself at home.
1: I hate so many
2: things that you just said. <laughs> what?
1: I've solved the mystery.
2: Yeah, you did. And I don't like the answer that we've all reached together. <laughs>
0: I remember when this episode was cute, the cute metal eating robot episode <laughs> ruined it. The, the majority of
1: this is super cute. I just like I i get that they really and I appreciate that they really like to have Peter tinker. But this mm. is an episode where they could have mostly left it out.
0: <laughs> he does do it a lot in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it follows, Doug, your, like, your uh, hypothesis, not even a hypothesis at this point. I think it's mm-hmm. proven that pretty much every story in this show is just like three parts. Spider-Man fights a villain, loses, fights a villain, loses, fights a villain, wins. So, <laughs> Oh,
1: I thought you were confirming that my lube theory was uh, wow. unbreakable and 100% factual. But yes, and... that one too. <laughs> but I do think the majority of this is cute. I mean, it's basically like a large kettle monster eating the world and it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah.
2: I I really truly think that if uh he had managed in some way to get that robot to like the city dump or something and like they could have all managed to solve the problem without any fighting at all because then you could have had the monster eating all of the scrap metal in New York and like win-win-win, yeah. win, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, and if you talked to it, you would know where it came from and you could help yeah, it get home. Yeah, it was just
2: lost. Yeah. It just was hungry, wanted a snack. I just think that we all really could have had a better solution than just throwing it in the river. And presumably, it sunk. And now, that's just in the river now. You have to drive your boat around the giant robot.
1: <laughs> it's a very 90s show solution. Throw it in the river, never think about it again.
0: It really is this really was is just like the iron giant except without like a kid friend it's spider-man beating him up
2: like that's hundred percent <laughs> <laughs> the one other thing that i kind of huh. wanted to mention was the fact that this robot clearly has kaiju powers because i don't know how else to explain the fact that a 30 foot tall robot could just disappear in the middle of a city yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. yep
2: is this the show's first kaiju? Um, yeah, because the Pluto
0: monsters were humans, relatively human-sized, right? Yeah. So yeah. everybody else has more or less been a supervillain. So yeah, yeah, it is. I'm positive that there will be more. I, I, oh, of course. There have to be more in this show, but this is the first one, yeah. Wow. That's great. Oh my gosh. Yeah, good good for <laughs> good good for our metal eating monster. I can't
2: believe here. I was yeah. here for the first kaiju. I'm so honored, guys. Thank you for having me on for this landmark episode. <laughs> up- of
0: course.
1: Of course. <laughs> We're witnessing Happy history.
0: Yeah. <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful. Speaking of the monster, I mean, there's plenty of like faces of the episode that we're gonna mention. Spoiler, that most of them are. We'll get to that. Um, but the one one that I didn't think to grab, it's not really a face, but it was my first in- indication. I think that like, oh, this monster is gonna be fun. Is like when it spots Spider Man. I think it's after Spider Man takes the picture of him. He just turns around and it looks like he's he's like got his hands on his hips and looking at him with like a disapproving totally look, does. like a like a like a mom angry at her kid. <laughs>
1: <laughs> let me eat
2: please excuse please. me no paparazzi photos i'm just having a snack <laughs> exactly <Yes>.
1: <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah it's uh they they do so many fun fun things with it not even just facial expressions but like you said it's poses just its movements the fact that they don't stick to any character models on the show is honestly a blessing for this cuz yeah. they get to do all the more fun things with mm-hmm. this big monster
0: so exaggerated I've hit some other fun notes, oh, you know what we mentioned the Bunsen burner thing with Peter when mm-hmm. he gets his idea. I do like the uh the the crossfade from like uh Jonah lighting his cigar and and kind of zooming in on the flame there then crossfading to Peter's Bunsen burner like I really like that like I like it yeah, it's cute it's you I, know I like
1: them. But I feel like the show is like is is careening dangerously close to crossfades for the sake mm-hmm. of crossfades. <laughs> I mean
0: they don't really I they it, it I mean it's like it doesn't say anything, like it's pointless. But I, I sort of because the show doesn't really do a lot of like artistic cinematography or anything, like just the way that yeah. it is. It's fun when it just does like art film things even if it's not really for any reason like i think yeah. it's fun because it's and just I, someone thought of that and thought it would be clever and they did it
1: and, and i, I like appreciate it. it in a in like in it in the moment but you know i think they gave jameson a cigar just so they could do that
0: crossfade <laughs> i mean, sure <laughs> Sure. <laughs> Although I like that he uh, he lights up his cigar after making it very clear that it's dinner time, mm-hmm. not quitting time, and I guess his dinner is the cigar apparently. So
1: <laughs> Yeah. I have a question that I don't know I don't I don't know why this struck me in this episode specifically. I don't know if we've ever mentioned it in any other ep- episodes, so I might not be onto anything here. But I feel like they have said, call the police, call the fire department, call the insert third party here. I feel oh. like they've said that in at least half of the episodes we've watched.
0: Yeah. The third one's definitely.
1: not always the same. I, this time it was Army. I think it's been the National Guard. But like, is that a reference? Is that why they keep doing it? Or is it their own running gag that they've chosen?
0: I don't know, I don't yeah
1: am I making this up
0: no, you're no you're right they they have they have said that before
1: somebody let us know if that's like a reference or if that was like a a i don't know a common thing people shouted in the streets back in nineteen
0: sixty seven I mean, like independently people will shout, call the police call the fire department I, it's just the rapid succession that they do it and i feel like it's been like the same guy saying it <laughs> he was, it was, it was like a, a random it was like a dude. police oh, officer okay, okay. yelling
1: out of a window
0: yeah 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 it probably just sounds like the same guy because they only have like three voice actors on the show so like that, that's probably why but um yeah. yeah it's yeah i don't know yeah i i clocked that too when i was listening i was like wait this I'm getting weird deja vu here, but you're right. It's because they've said it. They've said it in that succession before. It's I think this
1: might be like the third time they've said it. Yeah. I'm gonna go back and count.
0: Yeah, you should, because I don't remember when they say it the other times, but I know that they do. <laughs> the other thing I liked in this episode that I kind of noticed this isn't anything new for this show, but I noticed it even more in this episode is that the the backgrounds of this episode in particular are really mm-hmm. beautiful because they do have to do a lot of like swinging in central park and so there's a lot there's some shots that are just like a s- nice sweeping uh landscape of like central park with a lot of trees kind of drawn in detail like even more than usual i feel like
2: yeah i was i was prepared to walk into an episode with like terrible animation but i was very pleasantly surprised <laughs> by how nice it all looked i mean animation isn't you know it doesn't it's not the most important thing but it was it was lovely it was really nice
1: yeah, I think the show overall has has exceeded my expectations, but my expectations were admittedly like in the dirt, um, which probably wasn't fair. But I just didn't know what to expect from what I knew was sort of a low budget sixty superhero yeah. show, and I've yeah. I've rarely been like oof that was rough. Normally, I'm like okay, this is kind of like mm-hmm. charming.
0: Well, I I think it's interesting because like if you compare it to like the '90s show, which had also had like budgeting limitations in its in its animation, right? And also did a lot of recycled footage. Like this show and that show, I feel like handle that in very different mm-hmm. ways because I think because a lot of the designs of the '90s show are so complex and so like line heavy and stuff. There's only so much that they can do. So when they do recycle animation, it's a lot of like slowing down clips and resyncing clips that you've already seen. This show they can sort of cut cut in a lot of a lot of recycled animation, but then the animation they do have. They can just sort of quickly draw something really cartoony, like Mm -hmm. you know, because they're not because they're so not committed to a model. It's probably a lot easier to just have any 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 other animator or artist like step in, draw additional frames to something. It might look completely different, but the whole show never sticks to a model. Mm -hmm. The '90s show always is sticking very heavily to models. And so, like, I think you get different vibes from each Mm -hmm. of them, Um, and there's pros and cons to both, obviously, but I think in this case, it makes it really fun to watch, because even when the animation isn't necessarily, it isn't necessarily, like, fluid or consistent, there's always something, like, weird or interesting happening on screen, no matter Mm -hmm. what. Mm -hmm. Oh, the only other note that I had, I thought it was kind of fun. At one point, Spidey uses, makes, like, a web dome to uh, shield himself, which is, like, right out of the PlayStation 1 game. It
2: totally was! (laughs) I thought of the exact same thing. Yeah. (laughs) it's great (laughs) wait so you're not gonna have spidey's face as a part of your face at the episode like uh, during the first scene where he's messing with his web fluid his head is a little weird like his face is so high (laughs) like where his eyebrow line is in relation to his hairline is so high up i was like buddy what is happening (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: well we'll have that face now
0: Yeah, have to find it. there's so many there's always so many in this i know show. right it's beautiful yeah it's like embarrassment of riches with when it, it comes really to weird is. faces
1: yeah any suggestions yeah. welcome for sure i don't know why i didn't catch that though that's that sounds like a really like uh almost disturbing oh, no it was disturbing it wasn't, visage maybe i
2: might be over exaggerating um it just uh it was comparatively to the last scene where we just saw him in Jamison's office. It was just really <laughs> amusing to me the way that like he was like his brow was so furrowed because he was like paying attention to his science thing, <laughs> and it just
1: I thought it was really funny. I believe it. Sometimes faces migrate on this show, uh-huh. and it's always a delight.
0: <laughs> I really do. <laughs> oh, one more thing before before we you know wrap up and transition to faces of the episode. Had an easy transition there to faces the episode, but I'm going to ruin it right (laughs) now uh, because the other note that I forgot about is that this is the episode that uh, the walloping web snappers in our theme song comes from right at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. When the, when the robots ripping out the, uh, the light posts and there's some like electrical sounds and everything. And he says, Walloping Web Snappers, that's the sound clip I used when I made the theme song a couple of years ago.
1: It feels like that uh, phrase is becoming more frequent. And I don't know if that's just a coincidence of uh, the episodes in the order that they were aired. But I feel like we're hearing it a lot more in these past few than we did in the first few.
2: Yeah, definitely. I'm not proud of this, but when I heard that first one, I definitely had in my head, like, cinema sins going, roll credits. Um, and, and like he says it a bunch in the episode, and I couldn't figure out why that first one was so specifically. It's like, there it is, that's the ding. I'm so glad to know that's why. <laughs> yep, yep.
0: <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yep, yep. Well, now for real, now we'll for real transition into uh the face of the episode, I suppose.
1: Look, they're all monsters, though. They're all monster faces. Like, how could they not be? Because the monster is just consistently delivering mood after mood after mood. Uh, And I just feel a connection to it in so many moments. Where it's shoving cars into its mouth, uh, where it's breathing fire and anger. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just beautiful. It's really a beautiful, beautiful sight to see.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, looks like me when I'm eating dinner. Looks like me when I'm like angry and replying to somebody on Twitter. <laughs> looks like mm-hmm.
1: me when I'm eating dinner. Looks like me when I'm regretting dinner because oh, of massive yeah. reflux.
0: Indigestion. That's what it is.
2: Oh, man. So true.
0: <laughs> the, the My favorite one, the one that I pulled is uh, when he's being pulled into the ocean I just love his his huge his hugely surprised face like he's yeah that that dude is fearing death then like he has I think he has full consciousness and Spider-Man should feel ma- bad for basically killing the guy yeah. uh, when no, all he, he was trying murdered to do was he, that
2: robot he really yep. did
0: Spidey's yep. kind of the villain of the episode to be honest <laughs> I I I agree I agree
2: Listen, we all love the robot, but like one of them was doing massive amounts of property damage and did destroy a power plant and the other one didn't. So like we do have to <laughs> ch- chill out a little bit on that one. That's
1: fair. Okay, That's- yes, Spider-Man Took care of the immediate problem, but maybe like, wasn't I'm not saying he's the, a, the best
2: guy. Like, <laughs> he, he was still kind of a good-ish guy. I, again, I feel like there's could have been some kind of solution reached yeah. here. Especially, this is just a creature who wants to eat. Mm-hmm. We all need to eat. Why can't we find a middle ground?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. I'm looking at this screen grab that you <laughs> you have here, Derek, wow. and I know that it's just supposed to probably be. A bridge, but that distinctly looks like the Golden Gate Bridge in the background it <laughs> and absolutely this is not does. San Francisco. It is not. <laughs> I was distracted by empathy. I didn't notice the bridge.
0: I was distracted by empathy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that robot's the best character on the show.
2: hundred <laughs> percent. I wanted a million more episodes of the robot. I know. Right? I know
0: i
1: i would i love this robot i feel like i would get mm-hmm. a tattoo of this robot it's it's that beautiful
0: it really is it's perfect <sighs> and so
1: mysterious. I'll never forget you robot hello amazing friends we just wanted to take a quick moment to thank our spectacular and up patrons bo eric
0: steve carl katie mike and lillian if you would like to support our show too our way of saying thanks is by giving you lots of cool spidey goodies you'll have early access to all our episodes including our amas where we answer your burning questions about anything and everything and we mean everything
1: if you join us at our five dollar spectacular level you get to hear us let loose and talk about wackier stuff in our after dark commentaries Or our movie commentaries, where we watch every single Spidey-related theatrical film, from the Raimi films, to Amazing Spider-Man, to Spider-Verse, Venom, Avengers Endgame, and more.
0: And at our amazing tier, we'll invite you to be a guest on our show. That's right, you. You all make our show better, whether it's by sending us Word Snappers
1: words, making us fan art, joining our Discord community, or just listening to us every week. This is our way of saying thank you for supporting this show and inspiring us to dip into media even we didn't realize was on our radar.
0: Whatever tier you opt into, thank you so much. Whether you're an avid listener or just stopping by, we appreciate you. From your friendly neighborhood podcasters, thank you. I guess we should move on from the robot that we all love um, and start <laughs> Do talking we about have
2: to? I could talk about that robot for like another half hour easy.
0: I really could. It's so many good moments. It's so many good moments. No, we're going to talk about spooky, spooky ghosts, actually. Spooky ghosts. Oh, well,
2: that that is also pretty great.
0: Yeah, yeah. This is uh, the second segment of this episode entitled The Witching Hour. The synopsis for me is Green Goblin tries to join an evil band. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he does it's say it, that he's that the go the ghosts literally say, We're not gonna let you join our evil band, so take that how you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just a fun <laughs> fact about this episode that I thought was really kind of funny. And I, you know, I when I, it was, it's like obvious, I guess, when you know it and you watch it, there's like a bit when uh, when Green Goblin is flying away from Grandini's mansion after he escapes. We'll probably like talk about it at some point, uh, when we're talking mm-hmm. about it, but. If you you can tell that like the Green Goblin model in that one shot is like really stiff and like super detailedly drawn, mm-hmm. uh, lots mm-hmm. of shading. It's because it literally is just like cut out from John Romita art from Amazing Spider Man number thirty thirty nine. They just Goodness. used that and just pasted it in and then moved it up the cell. Apparently, according to the <laughs> Spider Man on TV book,
1: that makes so much <laughs> sense because that it that does stand out. It is sort of like uh, it did
2: yep. <laughs> I was wondering.
1: Yeah, I'm glad that I'm glad that, that was addressed in that book because yeah. uh, otherwise it would have just been like another mystery of the show that we never would have had an answer to.
0: Yeah, it, yeah <laughs> it makes me wonder how often that, like I feel like it doesn't happen that often, but like I feel like whenever it does, it's very obvious. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, a couple of characters worth mentioning here, the aforementioned Grandini, uh, mm-hmm. voiced by Henry Raymer, who voiced Henry Smythe. Uh, in a previous episode that we talked about, I think, uh, a few weeks ago with Craig, I think, is the episode we talked about Smythe. Uh, another robot. Uh, oh, no,
0: that was uh, Chris, actually. That was with Chris? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. That Robots. The robot.
1: the robot. <sighs> <laughs> this brain. Uh, also, Green Goblin, uh, voiced by Len Carlson, who voices Parafino in next week's episode. And we'll talk Ooh. about his credits then, because behind the scenes magic, we already recorded that out of order. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops! So we'll talk about Len Carlson next week. This episode, let's get, or I guess this segment of this episode, it opens with Peter and Betty presumably on a date to some sort of mentalist show that is interrupted when the mentalist named Grandini has a vision of the green goblin burglarizing his home. So maybe actually psychic or something, uh, Peter something. or something. Yeah, <laughs> Peter dips out, suits up, and confronts the goblin at Grandini's mansion. But goblin gets away with one of Grandini's books, claiming that he will unlock its power.
0: The book, <laughs> by the way, is just a nondescript book that just is called witchcraft. It just has witchcraft and Times New Roman on the front.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It was uh you know it was it wasn't a very deeply studied uh subject in 1967 it's the only <laughs> book that existed you know sure so lots sure. of lots of strides have been made in the in the world of witchcraft since then <laughs> <laughs> The next day at the bugle with Peter and Betty looking on Jameson is tricked into reading an incantation delivered to him as uh like a press release or a title or a, an extra I think uh, no, uh,
2: so it was it was uh, supposed to be in the personal ads, but oh, that's right, like, it was hey. an ad. <laughs> yeah, it was a personal ad. Like, he just was like, "Let me put this in the paper. That'll do it." Yes, yes,
0: yeah. yeah. and uh, it- what did you did you write? What I actually I meant to um. I meant to look up what the words were. Like, were they Latin or something? And I, I, I totally didn't. I missed oh, I... on that. If they were, if no, they're... I
2: didn't. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh well. Didn't.
0: well. It was like like clautu or something like that. No. It
2: definitely sounded like fake Latin for sure.
0: It did. It did. Venom vomits various vixens vehemently. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, it was just. It probably was not anything for real. I would just be curious, like if it was what it said. But I'm positive
2: that it probably wasn't. Yeah,
1: <laughs> just I assumed gibberish, but maybe I should have looked <laughs> into it. If I had it.
2: thought about it for like more than five seconds, my dad actually took Latin in like high school. He would have been able to translate if it was real Latin. And I didn't think about it. I saw him this weekend. I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> that's okay. You know what's
0: even worse? I took Latin for for four yeah. oh, semesters that's in college. Did.
2: You did.
0: You want to know how much I retained of that? Of Zero. Yeah. I know that yeah. there's like an AE at the end of some words, I think. That's about it.
2: Nice. <laughs> My dad still speaks Latin to himself sometimes. Amazing. He loves it. He used to teach us little Latin phrases. Gosh, I didn't think about it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, <laughs> n-
1: neither not did your we. Fault. <laughs> so. That was an ad. It was a personal ad that was submitted by Green Goblin. It tricks Jameson into reading some sort of Latin and or gibberish uh, incantation, which which makes Jameson act weird for like just a second, right? Mm -hmm. He then kind of comes to, he kicks Peter and Betty out. And when they leave, Goblin swoops in through the eternally open window and lets Jameson know that he's (laughs) the man the Goblin's been looking for. Lots of like build up without explanation uh, in the goblin situation, which I actually like because it's the goblin.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Spider-Man delivers the incantation to Grandini, who reveals that Jameson will have entered a one in a million trance, which at first I thought he said trap. And I was like, he just called Jameson a dumbass, (laughs) Uh. (laughs) which I thought was the funniest thing. Then I realized he was talking about a trance. Um, (laughs) In any case, he will have entered a trance, which is shown just a moment later. Uh, It's confirmed at the bugle. As an entranced Jameson instructs Goblin to seek out the Scepter of Osiris, which is, coincidentally, back at Grandini's mansion. So Spider-Man shows up, the two clash a second time, and Goblin escapes using the spirits. He, like, doesn't he throw, like, a desk or some sort of furniture?
2: I think he throws a bookcase. A
1: bookcase. (laughs) Some sort of large furniture.
2: Yeah, it could have been a desk. Who can say?
1: (laughs) I don't know, but the spirits did it, clearly. Yes,
2: Um, he straight up says, the spirits are on my side now. Yes, (laughs) yes. He can't lose. (laughs) Uh
1: (laughs) When Jameson wakes up, he calls the police on Spider-Man having no recollection of Goblin. So what happens next is that Spidey dips out, returns to Grandini's home. That's where Goblin is, stealing the scepter of Osiris. Right, yeah. So they pick their battle back up over this scepter of Osiris. But when Goblin escapes with the scepter, Grandini arrives and tells Spider-Man he needs to learn the witching hour.
2: Yes, which only Jameson can tell him.
1: Right. Yeah. To learn the witching hour, we need Jameson. So Peter tricks Jameson into reading the incantation
0: again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that so much. So- I love how but- this episode like uses... Sp- like Spider Man's alter ego is Peter Parker like as it in an instrumental role <laughs> to like mm-hmm. figure yeah. out the mystery and keep it moving. It's so funny.
1: But I also love it because this is a one in a million trance that Jameson is tricked into being a part of twice.
0: <laughs> I thought the implication that Jameson himself is the one in a million person who can be sure. like, tricked by the Yeah,
2: this that's trance. that's what I got from it but too.
1: He's still been tricked Twice in
2: the exact well, same way. If he can go into the trance, <laughs> then he can go into it whenever because he's like he's the special.
1: Well, yeah. that's. I mean, that's a whole. I have a whole other question about that.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Because
1: <laughs> uh, I think there's two. I, I don't know. I feel like there's two things happening, mm-hmm. but maybe y'all can clarify it. Um. Anyway, when when this. Again, in Trance, Jameson doesn't reveal enough information. Spider Man's like, okay, well, I could still use Jameson even if he's not giving me everything I need. I'll put a spider tracer on him. If Goblin needs Jameson, I'll be able to follow him. So, as the witching hour, I guess, midnight 3 a.m. <laughs> approaches,
2: it's 3 a.m. Did you guys not know? I'm a practicing witch. It's 3 a.m., baby.
1: I know, but in the episode, they, they say midnight for some reason. Like, as, as they approach midnight, the tracer starts to move. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's not actually the witch- witching hour.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. I see. That was the that was your question, Doug. Is not not what is the witching hour, but why do they seem to be saying that the witching hour is midnight, which is incorrect? Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
1: You're good. So as they approach midnight, which is not the witching hour, uh, the tracer the tracer begins to move, and Spider Man follows it to a cemetery where Goblin is summoning a bunch of demons in a cauldron. Mm-hmm. Uh, Demons that look like ghosts. Uh, So Spider-Man and Goblin clash a final time. Spidey thwarts Goblin's plan by pouring out the cauldron uh, full of demons. Mm -hmm. And the segment ends with Jameson recounting the story of him waking up from his trance in prison next to the Green Goblin, seemingly as an accomplice. So, okay. Couple things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Jameson, they call it a one in a million person to enter this trance, Mm -hmm. right? Uh. Yeah. it, he's not, like, freed from the trance before the end of the episode. So, like, does Goblin put him in a trance and then Spider-Man also puts him in a trance and it's, like, the same trance twice, but it's twice because it's different people putting him into it? Because, like, wouldn't he theoretically already be entranced?
2: Uh, so the way that I took it was that, um, so he is able to commune with the spirits in this trance and that's how goblin is able to like do the things that he wants he wants to summon them and do get them to do his bidding right uh, Jameson or again I don't know why the show pronounces it Jameson uh, but
1: yep, none of us do <laughs> <laughs> Um, he,
2: he needs Jameson to do that and he can enter the trance and it doesn't matter who makes him enter the trance and like if you're not using the trance or anything it like goes away Um, because in the first scene he enters the trance And then Betty and Peter look at him, and he's fine again, just says that he had a splitting headache, right? Uh, And then throughout Mm. the episode, whenever anybody else puts him into a trance, they ask him some questions or anything, and then he's fine after a couple minutes.
1: So then would Goblin have needed to come back to the bugle to get Jameson to then go out to the cemetery again? I mean,
2: they had him there anyway, so yeah, I think he would, because he needs him there to channel the spirits.
1: Like, that's the, the mechanics of this are, are what I'm curious about. Like, hmm. once he's out of the trance, like, once once Goblin puts him into a trance, does he have to keep doing it in order to commune? Or is he, like, does he just have the ability to walk through that door again? Like, has he unlocked the door and now he can just walk through it whenever he wants? And then Spider-Man has to do it so that he can walk through the door? I like,
2: don't know. Or, like, Goblin
1: have to come back and, like do it again so that Jameson would like follow him to the cemetery. I think
2: he kept having to have him <laughs> read the piece of paper. I mean, that's what I got from it. I have no idea if that's yeah. true or not, because like goblin wasn't there when he read the paper originally. Right. He was like lurking outside. Mm, yeah. Sure. But he wasn't there. So I, I presumably he would have to read oh, it again. I don't know. Like how else would the trance recognize that he was put into the trance by goblin?
1: Yeah, okay, so if Jameson is a one-in-a-million person, right, yeah. then the trance theoretically only lasts a certain amount of time. I feel like it would have to sort of be a temporary trance, mm-hmm. because it can't be connected to who makes you read the incantation, because yeah. that's a good point. Goblin wasn't there the first time. So it's not like the fact that someone's making him do it, it's just the fact that he's doing it, yeah. and then he's just susceptible, or like he is the channel, right? And the, the, the doors open for a limited spirit. time
2: or something, or like...
1: Probably to whomever's yeah. around,
2: yeah
0: yeah and i uh, maybe the reason that jameson is in the trance for such a long time in the end of the episode is just because gobble learned something from that green book that said witchcraft on it to make <laughs> the, the, tr- the trance longer yeah off screen
2: yeah
1: <laughs> or he just continually tricks jameson into reading that same piece of paper over and yeah. over
0: and
2: over again.
0: <laughs> i don't know which explanation i like better actually yeah
2: <laughs> God, that would be so... I wish that that episode was like 10 minutes longer. And every time they had to have Jameson in the trance, like they included him reading it. And like the increasingly bizarre number of ways people get him to read the piece of paper. Oh, I would have loved to see it. (laughs) Yeah, it's
1: great. Yes, yes. (laughs) Okay, let's talk about the witching hour. Mm -hmm. I, I learned, I think I learned... Uh, at least, like the time that is called the witching hour, or the period of time that's called the witching hour. I think I learned it from the BFG. Maybe <laughs> is that a thing? Does that sound
2: right? I don't know. I never read it.
0: Okay, I, mean, I never read it either.
1: Well, skip that thought then. <laughs> Merely, you wanna you wanna enlighten us to the witching hour?
2: Sure. Yeah. So, um, hi, audience. I'm about to out myself out of the broom closet, but I do actually practice witchcraft. And so, traditionally, in like the idea of pop culture witchcraft, three a m. is the witching hour. um I guess I don't know. this was the sixties. things could have been different. Midnight could have been the witching hour, but nowadays, you would think of it as specifically three a m
1: that's what I learned. like that's what i, I, yeah. I I'm pretty sure uh i, I swear the bfg uh <laughs> i 100 percent
2: believe hour. it. did you like have you seen <laughs> the witches? Uh, Ronald, oh yeah, yeah, he knew about magic stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that I that sense. that's what I've always known it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I anyone I've encountered that uh, that that speaks more intelligently on it than I, which is nearly everyone, uh, has cited three o'clock as well. I
2: mean, yeah. to be fair, it's not like to my understanding and how I like to practice magic, basically you can choose whatever you want at any time. And like the idea is <laughs> uh, that like there are certain times of day or certain like days of the week that would be more powerful for like certain intentions. So like say you wanted to do, like you wanted to banish something from your life, be it like a feeling or like a person or, or anything like that. You wanted to like get rid of it. It would be easier for you to do that on like, A new moon when the sky is dark, because that's better for like banishment energy versus on a full moon, which is better for like drawing things towards you. So like any hour could be the witching hour if it works for your purposes. But again, in pop culture, it's generally 3 a.m.
1: Sure. Yeah. Well, that's I mean, hey, that's why the trance was so effective at the time oh yeah it could be cemetery. that i
2: don't know <laughs> oh, yeah. uh 3 a.m super awesome for getting a band of demon ghosts to like do your bidding or whatever yeah. except not really because sure. you're not cool enough to hang with them
1: right they're the cool demons <laughs>
0: yeah i love i do i love that the climax of this episode This climax of this episode is just like the demons being like green goblin you're a
2: loser you can't hang out with your us. vibes are rancid <laughs> goodbye <laughs>
1: <laughs> you can't that, sit with us <laughs> that and the fact that like the cool demons that are too cool for goblin are defeated by just like having their pool tipped
0: over they don't we don't necessarily know if they were defeated I feel like they just went home
2: yeah like, <laughs> they were
0: just annoyed because the they're not like good. screaming and yelling he tips over the cauldron and then they just sink into the ground they're just like y'all 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 have your little your little party I don't care we're leaving <laughs> it's i i and I think it's fascinating to to have this episode centered on Green goblin as a villain, mm-hmm. given that it's like a spooky a spooky witchcraft plot. oh, I love uh, that which like I do too. I think it's a really fun idea that's like one of those things that. You know, having grown up in the world, knowing Green Goblin, knowing Norman Osborn is the Green Goblin. It's like, oh, no, he's not a sorcery, you know, witchy, uh, spooky, kind magical kind of villain. Mm -hmm. But like he's literally a Green Goblin. He's like his theme is Halloween and throwing pumpkins. Like if you're going to have a character engage with spooky stuff. Why not make that Green Goblin, especially on a show like this that has no interest in villain alter egos or anything? If you're not going to deal with Norman Osborn, you're just going to have a dude that looks like Green Goblin. Why not have him do like a Halloween story? He basically, throws
2: you know? pumpkins, guys. Of course he's Halloween
0: themed. Right, right, <laughs> right. It's just like it's fun that it doesn't happen more often. And I love that this show, like, that's his role in it. It's great. It's so good.
2: <laughs> Like, him being in a magic-focused episode makes absolute sense to me. It really does. Like, why don't we see more Halloween-adjacent Green Goblin stories? That's that's the question that I ask and pose to the universe.
0: I honestly think the answer is just because once they outed him as Norman Osborn, his importance... became became more him being Norman Osborn and being linked to the Osborns and like having that personal relationship with Spider-Man and it became a lot less about the Green Goblin as like a themed villain like that almost became incidental Um, and it's just been kind of stuck with that but like if you strip out the Osborn of it all out of it like
2: he's just a Halloween themed villain and that's really fun. Here's the thing and I really think that comics on a whole have been missing an opportunity here. There is no reason, absolutely no reason why they've never addressed the fact that Norman Osborn absolutely goes ham for Halloween and, like, decorates the tower for Halloween. It's, like, his favorite holiday. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Like, tell me a story about the annual Osborn Halloween ball. <laughs> that delightful.
1: There has to be
2: fic, right? There has to like, be. There has to be. There's no. There
1: has to be, like. The fic of Norman Osborn going Halloween shopping. Yeah, there has to be like and and or yeah. like going way too hard mm-hmm. on like Halloween from Harry's perspective. Yeah. Where like Harry's like, oh my gosh, like Dad, uh.
2: like Harry Osborn <laughs> has to hate Halloween, right? Because it's yet another thing that takes his father's attention.
0: <laughs> honestly yeah the one flaw in spectacular spider-man was missing that opportunity because they literally had green goblin debut in their yeah. halloween episode and they could have could have addressed it that way that could have been a little a little side plot in the episode and
2: yet ugh, like and yet this entire time i've been telling people you need to watch spectacular spider-man it's literally perfect no there's a flaw we found it <laughs>
1: <laughs> it has been identified And it is a lack of passion for Halloween on the part of Norman Osborn. Go
0: back and fix it. You got to fix it. Oh, man. Anyway. That's so funny. Uh, Among among Mm -hmm. Goblin's weapons, I like that he just Mm -hmm. throws bats in this episode. I guess they're kind of like his bat, like the bat wing, like dagger things, but it's like literally just Mm -hmm. bats in this. Yeah. Uh, Which is kind of fun. He also throws... What he identifies as gremlin <laughs> dust in Spider Man's face, it then it just, does just nothing.
1: Fucking glitter.
0: No, you know what it is? It's pocket save. Pocket Save.
1: You're right. No finger guns no. though. They they left that to Electro in this series, I guess.
0: Yeah. I like the uh I like the sound of his glider's mm-hmm. engine as he's uh, gliding. The seems like it's uh needs a new muffler or something in there, but <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> merrily i Mm -hmm. will say when we were a lot of times we just kind of randomly pin our guests with episodes of this show because we don't even really know what to expect Mm -hmm. sometimes i did know that this was like a spooky witchy episode so i was like let's try to get merrily on for this one um so so (laughs) and i'm so happy
2: yeah halloween is my favorite holiday and i i just right i love this episode from 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 tail to tip i really did i thought the entire thing was very fun it was very spooky halloween Love the ghosts. I love the mummy that was there for like one scene. Um I loved Brandini. <laughs> I have no idea who this man is. Is he like from the comics? I don't know. Not that so. I
1: have encountered. Yeah, yeah he
2: reminded me a lot of um Zatan, um Zatara's dad. Mm-hmm. He's a stage magician whose whole hmm. shtick is that I am a stage magician, but actually I have magic, but not like good magic. Oh, yeah. Like that's no Dr. Strange right there. <laughs> He's um He can tell that somebody is in his library and stealing something, but he can't do <laughs> anything about it.
1: Yeah. It really feels like Grandini should be a bigger right? deal
2: than he is.
1: Uh, considering he has like a whole tiny little story of like, what you're talking about is like oh look at this this like quirky magician act oh wait no i'm psychic
2: (laughs)
0: yeah (laughs) it it almost felt like they were setting up like a little team up between spidey and the magician for the end like yeah and then he just disappears disappears. yeah he's in
2: two
1: scenes (laughs) yeah he's like really all these all these powerful artifacts and stuff too Like, who is this guy? Do you think maybe... (laughs) Why isn't he in here more? Do you think maybe he's
2: not powerful enough? Like, he's not one in a million. He didn't have Jameson there to, like, bolster his powers. Mm. He's just, like, a guy who is... He's passionate about magic. He's got a little power, but he can't really... He doesn't have the juice to do anything. Yeah.
0: I like that idea. He's just, like... He's, like, extremely well-read and tapped in enough to, like, have some basic, like, psychic resonance. But that's really the
2: extent of it. Like, I I think that's kind of fun. Of course, he's extremely well read. He has the only book on witchcraft in the world. (laughs) Right. Yeah, that's right. Of course.
1: Of course. He is the pioneer.
2: Yeah. (laughs) If you if you had ever, like, opened the book, you would have seen Witchcraft by Grandini.
0: (laughs) (laughs) By Grandini. (laughs) Wow. He invented it. Yeah. Amazing. Good for him. Yeah.
1: See, he's just laying the foundation. Mm-hmm. You know, people will people will come along and do far more powerful things. But really, yeah. his his contributions can't be ignored.
0: And as everyone knows, witchcraft was invented in 1967. So. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> Is that not common knowledge? Yeah. <laughs> well,
2: sorry, I must have that bit.
1: <laughs> Here's a question. Mm-hmm. Why isn't this just like Doctor Strange?
2: <laughs> That's <laughs> like, a very good question. If this is a
1: character that they have made for the show, and it's possible that it's not. It's possible that there was a well no, I would have run into him by now. So he's not from the comics. If he ends up in the comics, he isn't at this point. So yeah, why isn't this just Doctor Strange? Mm.
0: I, I I don't know if they ever do crossovers with other Marvel heroes in this show. I'm trying Doesn't to Doesn't Iron
2: Man show up at some I point? There's an Iron Man show, right? Does. You said that.
0: There was an Iron Man show before this, but it wasn't, like, the same – it wasn't, like, the same studio or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just another Marvel cartoon. And the Fantastic Four cartoon that's running concurrently is a Hanna-Barbera cartoon, uh. not, and this is Grand Trey Lawrence. So I don't oh. think that there are any Marvel cartoons that were happening at the same time. And I don't know – like, I, maybe they just didn't feel like – I mean, I I don't know. There, maybe they had, like, the same kind of licensing – Bullshit that we have now possible, yeah. where like this studio had the rights to do Spider-Man and nothing else. Marvel.
1: Yeah. Just Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, that's probably, that's like the most likely answer, but you could yeah. very easily just like, plop,
0: you
2: well, know, even
1: yeah. strange in here and call it a day.
2: So here's, here's some fun things. While you guys were talking, I decided to Google, uh, Grandini Marvel comics. And, uh, uh-huh. the only thing that popped up was marvel.fandom.com. It's an, uh, they have an article here on Spider-Man 1967 animated series, season 1, six, 16B, and um, has his stuff here. Uh, they have Grandini the Mystic, first appearance, and you cannot cl- click on the link. He does not feature in any other episodes. It's first and last, <laughs> uh, because he does not even have his <sighs> own page on the fandom. Poor guy. Yeah. You know What? <laughs> I,
1: I don't know when I'm going to do it, mm-hmm. but someday I'm going to commission a, a piece of art that's just all of the one and dones from this show.
0: <laughs> There's so many of them. <laughs> You're going to have so many to do.
1: <laughs> it's going to be a beautiful thing. Well, well yeah, this will just have to be another one of those things that I do mm-hmm. uh, far less skillfully than than an actual commissioned artist. But it would just be fun to see them all together. <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, his voice actor was named Henry Raymer, and he died on August 9th, 2019. That's sad, but a good life, wow, good long yeah, time. He played uh, Dr. Yeah. Doom, Crimson Dynamo, Bashanti, Henry Smythe, Noah Body, somebody named Flintridge, uh, Lee Flintridge? Patterson, <laughs> just Rodney. Rodney is the only thing listed here. I think you'll know Rodney, Rodney when you see him. Uh, Hammond. Oh, I know Rodney yeah. just
1: by the name drop, of
0: course.
2: <laughs> and additional voices. Of course. Yeah love it thanks marvel.fandom.com appreciate (laughs) you
0: it is so funny that that this this episode both segments introduce these like one-shot characters that we just like want to know so much more about Yeah.
1: (laughs) because if they're gonna create the character like you they have free reign to create whatever background they want Mm -hmm. or whatever origin they want you know
0: Yep. So instead, they don't dive into anything. Yeah,
1: but you know, somebody thought about it. Somebody out there thought about it, mm-hmm. even just a tiny bit more than could be portrayed. Well,
2: don't worry, I'm going to think about it forever now.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, we'll never, we'll <laughs> never
0: forget Grandini. <laughs> yeah,
1: I know. I wish I had the the work ethic to actually write fic because I could I could flesh out all these characters, but instead, I'll just wish for it.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to feature vividly in my, I am too tired to do anything else, but I will not fall asleep for the next hour thoughts for the next week or so. I'm willing to bet.
1: He'll appear to you at 3 a.m.
2: Yes, at the oh. witching hour or midnight. One of those exactly. two. exactly. One of, of those two. two. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: you know, funny enough, I don't really have... I don't really have any other like real notes about this episode. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it's fun and it, it's fun. And I like, I like that it's so witchy and spooky. Mm-hmm. Um, And that's really, it's really about it. I liked it. I like, uh, you know, it's, it's fun. I, oh no, you don't, know, you know what? The one note that I did have, I just like, I love, I do like when Jameson goes into his trance. Mm-hmm. I really love the way that his voice actor like trails off. Oh yeah. That was um, so good. As he's saying it. It's really well delivered. I think that that's that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I have a couple things. Mm-hmm. I think uh, there there are certainly some moments in this that are like animation wise that are head scratchers, like that you know that uh, comic <laughs> comic drawing copy mm-hmm. and pasted or whatever. Um, but I do think some of the movement is actually pretty cool. Yeah, uh, there's a moment where Goblin like turns his head like full from one side of the screen to the other, mm-hmm. um, and I just thought that was. That was, like, interesting because they didn't have to do that. Like, it's just one of those things. Um, there's also, like, Spidey, when he swings through, like, curtains, mm-hmm. uh, some of the action in uh, the mansion. Like, you mentioned, merrily the mummy. Mm-hmm. Um, things like that where the, the sarcophagus is, like, uh, like rumbling. Yeah. Like, there, I think there are some pretty cool, neat animation moments, even if it's not necessarily the most spectacular uh, visuals we've seen.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Definitely.
1: And then I love this moment where Jameson uh, <laughs> like Peter goes to the bugle. This is when he when he goes to put Jameson into a trance mm-hmm. or wh- whatever he's doing. Uh Jameson <laughs> James says, "What are you doing up so late?" If which like kind of (laughs) makes it seem like Jameson literally never leaves the bugle ever
2: Yeah, (laughs) which you
1: probably could assume but this is the closest we've ever gotten to like something where he's just sort of like why are you here Mm -hmm. because it is obviously far too late to be here where I am
0: right now (laughs) yeah that's so funny Yeah, it's so true. Because he just—I mean—that's why he's so grumpy. Mm Because he doesn't ever get any sleep. He like probably sleeps on an uncomfortable couch
2: in his office. Oh, What what couch in his office? There's nothing else in there. That's true. It's just an empty office. It's his desk and the teletype (laughs) machine, and that's it.
1: It's a Costanzo situation. He just sleeps under his desk.
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh God. (laughs) Uh, You guys are going to have to confirm because I haven't seen any of the other episodes of this show. But like, is the moment where uh green goblin has jameson in the wherever he's doing the ritual is that the first moment you see him outside of his office
1: no Um, he he we see him in Times square uh um we see him on the brooklyn bridge like there are moments where spider-man or a villain specifically prompt him to be somewhere Uh like for a scoop and that's really the only time you see him anywhere else is when he's like on the sideline, yelling at Spider-Man.
0: Okay. Um. do we see him? I might be thinking of the episode we already recorded for next week that the audience won't have seen yet. But I beautiful. What, so is, is that the episode next week where we see him in his bedroom? Like, oh, he does oh, have yeah. a bedroom. In his oh, thank God. He yeah. apparently does. I just yeah. Next of that.
1: week. Next week. I mentioned one too, Derek. Next week we'll see him in a couple new sort of environments. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But yeah, that that's. He 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 eventually gets out and about.
2: <laughs> okay, good because I was starting to get really worried. Like, does he not ever leave his office?
1: It really to this point, it really feels like it. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. That's why he's like the one in a million can be like affected by this trance because he's so tired. Yeah, he just his mind is just so susceptible to anything. He's yeah. never slept.
1: He's basically already on another plane. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I do like that the cemetery is a setting as well. Yes. yes. I know we like briefly mentioned it, but I just think that's always a fun setting. Yes, oh, it's absolutely. so
2: good. And it really works with like the spooky, scary skeleton aesthetic and vibe that they're going for. It's so great. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: yeah. dig it. I dig it. it. I dig yeah, it. It's a fun, fun episode. But, uh, fun couple of episodes, to be honest. I,
2: again, yeah. I had such a great time watching both of these. It was so <laughs> fun. It was so much fun. I loved it. I can't wait to watch more of the show. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Uh, I guess the only other thing I wanted to mention really quickly, just sneak in there before the faces, were they sitting in an aisle on the date with Betty? Because how exactly did Peter... Leave the theater immediately, and nobody noticed that he left. Good, <laughs> Good call. <laughs> well, Peter Parker's
1: other superpower mm-hmm. is uh, sneaking away without anyone noticing, um, so that they can be surprised later. Is he uh, Batman? They turn their head.
2: <laughs> is is Peter Parker Batman as well as Spider Man? And we just never noticed. I think
1: I've never seen them in the same place.
2: Yeah, fair enough.
0: I don't know. He's pretty poor. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> the perfect cover. Yeah. Um, That's
2: true. Yeah. Maybe it's Do a the butts match? Do we know? <laughs>
1: well, a couple faces, a few faces, I think. Um, there's a moment where Betty enters the office and Peter's already there and he, like, turns around and looks over his shoulder and says, Hi, Betty, and gives, like, <laughs> a flirty, like, like, uh, like, sed- doocy look uh and it's just so funny because it's peter parker I know,
2: isn't that right after he ditched her on their date <laughs>
1: yes yep because I then she goes is. hello mr parker God. <laughs> oh he's so suave
0: <laughs> sure i love that betty like just is just like not having it though <laughs> oh <laughs> it's so great yep. i loved her betty so continues much to be great yeah betty rules
1: yeah, Betty's like one of those one of those examples of like a character that the the writers and creators don't necessarily treat well, but sort of just incidentally ends up being rad as hell anyway.
2: Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. I think that's true of every version of Betty Bryant. Um or I uh, Bryant, I don't remember hmm. her last name. But here's the thing about yeah, Betty. Yeah. Every time I've seen her on like an any kind of adaptation, the writers do not care about Betty as like a concept, but she's always so much fun.
0: Yeah. Well, she's always, like, really well cast Mm -hmm. by, like... Like, a character actor, like Elizabeth Banks, like, brings un- enough energy to, like, make her Betty, like, mm-hmm. way more fun and interesting than I think is at all on the page whatsoever. Oh, yeah. And it's all mm-hmm. 100% her, mm-hmm. like, or, and, um, you know, in Spectacular, uh, it's uh, Grey Griffin voices her, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, she bring you know, and that show does treat Betty a little bit better. Yeah, 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 um, Or at least gives her more to do. But even then, like, I think there's so much in having a capable voice actor perform her as a character Mm -hmm. to make her a memorable character when, you know, she's, she's very, I, I, you're very, I don't think you're ever going to meet anyone who says that Betty Brandt is their favorite comic book
2: character or anything, but like, she's pretty rad. A lot of the time. She's So good. (laughs) Like she stands there and she has to deal with J Jonah Jameson all day. And she does not put up with this garbage. And I love her for it.
1: Mm hmm. Exactly. It's exactly that. Yeah. This next face is a Jameson face. We would be remiss not to include at least one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the face that Jameson makes coming out of the trance isn't <laughs> unbelievable, <laughs> but it is hilarious. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, it definitely feels like somebody who entered a trance and then was like, "Wow, I feel like I just got a full night's sleep." But then like it immediately like goes back to his like grumpy face after this. It's just him looking very peaceful and pleased. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's a very relaxed Jameson.
0: It really is. Very (laughs) uncharacteristic for him, for sure. Oh, yes. Oh, yes.
1: And then we've mentioned the demons, and we've mentioned how cool they are, and we've mentioned how exclusive they are. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there's this one great shot of, like, all of them standing around and one of them pointing directly at the screen. Mm -hmm. And it's just very, like... POV cool demon stealing your lunch money telling you to meet him out back don't sit near us ever again your ass is grass and I love it
2: it's so good like I never knew what it felt like to be like bullied by a ghost demon but I'm I'm so glad I know exactly what that would feel like now
1: yeah I'm Honestly, mad I missed out on being bullied by a ghost to be honest because mm-hmm. this is thrilling yeah. I, yeah I feel so many things right
0: now mm-hmm. bully me ghost daddy <coughs>
2: <laughs> no, can't see. That.
0: So yeah, this show is great. <laughs> <laughs> so it is. Yeah. These are
1: super fun episodes. I these feel really like fun. anytime we watch this show, it's sort of a toss-up as to whether or not they're the types of episodes you would sort of recommend. To give somebody a taste of the show, mm-hmm. uh, I think this week's episodes, these two segments, are a good example. Oh, like, I think you could give 100%. it to them and be like, "This is kind of what the show is like. It's a little bit uh, goofier on the goofier end of things, but the show is always goofy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sure. I think this is a good. I think it's a good representation.
2: I agree. I think yeah. it could hook
1: some people who like silly old cartoons.
2: It absolutely yeah. I I cannot overstate how excited I am to go and find more episodes. I am so hooked. I loved them. And, like, I know I'm a cartoon person or whatever. I've always loved cartoons. I love adaptations. This was so much fun. Like, both of these episodes (laughs) were such a fun ride. I loved them. I was so excited to, like, watch it the whole way through. I'm like, I'm not going to lie. I was pretty nervous. I was pretty nervous getting started because I was terrified of being on this podcast. And so (laughs) uh, I was nervous about watching it because I was like, oh, no, what if I don't have anything fun to say? Oh, no. What if I'm like... Just a drag. No, as soon as I started watching it, I was so immediately like there in the episode. I like all of my anxiety were like eaten by the robot when he was like snacking on the <laughs> stuff. I was like, no, 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 no. this is going to be a great time, and it was. Yeah,
0: yeah. and I'm so you were such you're you're such a pleasure to have on <laughs> Thank you. for for many reasons, but I think also because. You were really good at helping us untangle the plots when we didn't understand them. That was amazing. So helpful.
2: Oh, my pleasure. Don't worry. I uh, I think about stupid, complicated stuff for no reason for fun. So, like, this was nothing. It was a delightful snack. Yeah, I
0: love it. Oh, you are going to have so much fun with this show because there's – it's just – there's so much nonsense in it, and that's why it's so charming, I think. Uh-huh. Um, but, like, if you want to try to rationalize stuff and make connections that are not obvious, this – this show's great for that. Oh, perfect.
2: <laughs> oh man. Listen, I'm gonna start watching and I'm going to text you what I think is happening every episode. And you have just signed yourself up for that. Okay, <laughs> cool. I'm here for it. Yep. I'm here for it. I'm prepared. <laughs>
0: well, cool. Yeah. Any other I know you you've kind of shared a lot of your thoughts. Any other final thoughts or anything that you wanted to wanted to say before just transitioning into plugs?
2: Um No, I don't think so. I think that um This was fun. Super delightful. Seriously, if you are on the fence about it or like, I don't know, maybe you don't want to go and find something in a perhaps less than legal manner. It's so worth it. I cannot tell you how fun this show is, guys. Go watch it. Treat yourself. (laughs) So fun. (laughs) fun. Well,
0: cool. Well, if they'd like to, if if listeners would like to treat themselves to more of you, uh, (laughs) Marilee, (laughs) <laughs> Did that sound weird? I think that sounded weird. Yeah. It's a bit a of a phrasing
1: weird. challenge that you've okay. found yourself it, in.
0: <laughs> hmm. I thought it was a good transition and then I said the words no, and I was listen, like that. You know, it's great. <laughs> it's totally great oh, because
2: I'm going to plug this other thing. So like... um. I think if you want to treat yourself and you live only in the Austin area, because unfortunately, I am a very small person business and I do cannot ship. But if you live in Austin and would like to get a delicious treat for yourself, um, I actually do um, uh, desserts on commission. So like if you want to like buy yourself a pie or like a cheesecake or whatever, I would happily and love to bake you something nice oh, yeah so like amazing. um yeah my instagram is merrily bakes which is spelled m-e-r-r-i-l-e-e and then bakes um I'm you can also email me directly at merrilybakes at com. uh and i would love to bake you something i again i make pies and cheesecakes mainly because that's mostly what people want but like i can do whatever i would be delighted to do whatever <laughs>
1: that's awesome yeah
2: i love baking and uh enough people asked me around the holidays that they wanted an apple pie for their family i was like dude let me just set a thing up and you can just email me and i'll do it hell yeah yeah
0: amazing i love it
2: uh but don't like try and find me on twitter or anything please do not perceive me i do not wish to be perceived (laughs) if you know who (laughs) i am great if you don't i will be a phantom very cool. fair. Love I'll that. make
0: it a point to not to plug your uh not to not at you in the uh, in, our, in our posts.
2: <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I like I I've definitely commented on your posts enough times that you could find me if you want to because I love to plug your stuff because I think this is an excellent podcast <laughs> that people should listen to. I don't know. If you find me great, uh otherwise we're we're all friends, and we do not need to talk more.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. I love it. Ugh. Beautifully best, said. Truly the best plug I feel like I've ever <laughs> heard in my life.
2: Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm being very antisocial, and it's not no. that. It's just I'm, I don't know why I'm here on this podcast. You should not follow me. I am not that funny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, you're good. I think uh, – More people could benefit from having that exact attitude. Uh, Don't perceive me in these places. Perceive me in these places. Thank you. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) I like it. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, our streak of amazing guests continues. Thanks again to Merrilee. If you would like to check out all of our other 1967 episodes featuring guests, you can find those all over the place. And the best place to start is at our Patreon at patreon.com slash walloping web snappers also check out our discord there's a link in the show notes and i'm sure we've been tweeting about it if you can't find it just let us know in the meantime you can find me and derek all over the internet all over the place derek where can people find you and the things that you are working on sure
0: you can find me on twitter at derek b gale you can also find me on youtube under my video essay series second chance which looks at bad or divisive media but from a positive lens what about you doug
1: you can find me on Twitter at IckyBooley, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y. You can also find me on another podcast here on the Four Eyed Radio Network called Victory Road. It's a Pokemon podcast where I get together with my friends and talk about all sorts of Pokemon topics, just as I feel like it. And if you like books and video games, you can listen to me on another podcast called Novel Gaming, where my friends Katie and Vicky and I get together and catch up on all the books video games and media that we have been consuming lately. If you would like to listen to more of me and Derek on a podcast talking about something, not Spider-Man, you can listen to our monthly podcast falling with style an ongoing Pixar movie marathon, where we watch every Pixar film chronologically. Our episode on cars two comes out on the 13th, wherever you get your podcasts. Also visit us on our website at wallopingwebsnappers.com. Everything Derek and I are working on together is there, archived in a beautifully organized fashion. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Pod, and email us at wallopingwebsnapperspodcast at gmail.com. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe on all podcast platforms, because if you like what we're doing, somebody else out there will too, and those ratings and reviews make us much more visible. Next week, Electro returns, and wax sculptures come alive in Kilowatt Caper and the Peril of Paraffino.
0: See you then. Bye.
2: No jail on Earth can hold Electro, the living lightning bolt. His supercharged blasts can shatter anything in sight, including your frantic neighborhood Spider-Man. It's going to be my webs against his bolts. And wait till you see what happens. midnight in a wax museum can be a time of dark and deadly danger, especially when the murderous Parafino wants me to be his guest forever. If you flip for spine-chilling mystery, don't dare miss it. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever a spider can. Spins a web any size, catches seeds, just like flies. Look out, here comes the Spider-Man. Is he strong? Listen, bud. He's got radioactive blood. Can you swing from a thread? Take a look overhead. Hey there, there goes the Spider-Man. In the chill of night, at the scene of a crime. Like a streak of light, he arrives just in time. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Welcome and fame, he's ignored. Action is his reward to him. Life is a great big bang-up. Wherever there's a hang
1: you'll find the Spider-Man.